welcome to the Ask Dr. Deanna show. I'm Dr. Deanna Osborne, your host. Join me weekly as I cover various health-related lifestyle medicine topics that you get to request. This show is for anyone who wants to proactively improve their health position. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm excited to have you back today to uh, listen to part two on intermittent fasting. And uh, before we jump in uh, to to that, I wanted to just uh, say thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you for uh, your questions, uh, for sending in um, you know uh, different topics, things that you have inquired about. Uh, some of that I will bring uh, and and talk a little bit more about even today. Uh, so I appreciate that. You can always go to um, DeannaOsborne.com and post a question there. You can also find me on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram as well uh, and send in your questions. So we love it when that happens. And uh, we've got a team who kind of works through that and, and will send stuff my way. Uh, but basically, um, last week we started talking a little bit about intermittent fasting, about how a powerful of a tool that is to be used um, to help you not only maintain weight, but to help you combat insulin resistance, type 2 diabetes. Um, Maybe you knew this, maybe you didn't. Type 2 diabetes is a metabolic condition uh, that is reversible. You know, it's a reversible disease. That's the amazing thing. Your pancreas is working when you have type 2 diabetes. Your cells have become resistant to the insulin that your pancreas is making. And you can change this, okay? You can remedy this. You can turn that whole process around by managing your weight, by decreasing carbohydrate content, and by making your cells, forcing them, okay, forcing them to become more sensitive to the insulin that your body's making. And unfortunately, some of us fall into a category. I'm in this category. Diabetes runs rampant through my family. And I always say, I always tell my patients, you know, if I if I gain 20, 30 pounds, I would likely uh, become insulin resistant with that. And so it's always been, you know, on my mind to maintain weight because I don't want to deal with that. I see what so many people, you know, how they struggle um, with uh, type 1 and type 2 diabetes, um, very, very serious condition. Uh, but if type 2 is reversible, then we want to reverse it. We want to absolutely have a positive impact there. And, you know, maybe this is your year. Maybe this is your year to take control of the insulin resistance, the type 2 diabetes, and get that under control. In addition to that, though, you may not have known, but polycystic ovarian syndrome or polycystic ovarian disease is also a metabolic condition that is very much tied to insulin resistance. And unfortunately, it causes a tremendous amount of infertility. Uh, And if you can basically get those blood sugar levels lower, Uh, And uh, not just the blood sugar levels lower, but the insulin level lower, the fasting insulin level, that's actually something, uh, a blood test that I like to check on my patients uh, routinely. But if you can get that insulin level lower, uh, then oftentimes, um, you know, the the infertility uh, goes away. Uh, So we've had a lot of great success um, by helping uh, women just reduce the carbohydrates, uh, and that can make a huge impact uh, on uh, fertility overall. So somebody recently wrote in and they wanted to know, um, I was talking about the uh, no more than 50 grams a day of carbohydrates. Now, 
50 grams a day would be for probably that postmenopausal woman or that person who's just, they're, they're obese. They've got weight that needs to come off. Um, it's not uncommon for us if you just track what you normally eat in a day, um, you know, not paying attention to what you're eating, whatever, it would not be uncommon for you to maybe consume 100 or even 150 grams of carbohydrates per meal which is way, way, way too much, okay? We're getting way too many calories from carbohydrates. And what I like to remind people of is that when you look at, you know, proteins, fats, and carbs, you know, we have um, a, a essential amino acids, which are part of the protein content. And those are essential. It's essential that we get them in our diet. Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, protein powders out there, et cetera, um, the, that, that have a complete amino acid profile. What that means is that it's got everything in it that your body needs, the building blocks, those amino acid building blocks to make everything that your body needs from a protein standpoint. Um, so it's essential that we get these amino acids in our diet. Um, we also have a category called essential fats. Okay. These are omega threes. Um, and these are, you know, essential fats are things it's again, my body can't make it. It's essential that I get it in my diet. Carbohydrates, um, there are no essential carbs, okay? There aren't any. And if you're eating a, a whole food, nutrient-dense diet um, that's a clean diet, especially, you know, I'm a, a big stickler for clean as well. But if you're eating a whole food, nutrient-dense diet, you would be eating a lot of vegetables. There are carbohydrates in vegetables. You're getting plenty of carbs there. It doesn't have to come in the form of a grain. Um, you know, think about wheat, for example, that is often oftentimes um, hyper-processed, overly processed. It's sprayed with a very large amount of chemical burden. Those chemicals have a massively disruptive effect on our gut microbiome. And so we want to eliminate the consumption of those things, okay, uh, because it, it's, it's doing you more harm. When you look at the, the grain and the wheat, having been sprayed with pesticides, with chemicals, with herbicides, et cetera, those chemicals have a negative impact on the gut microbiome, okay, absolutely, you know, well-researched, well-documented, and renders the gut microbes ineffective or unable to do their job. Well, now, because of that, you know, and the fact that, that a large part of our immune system is in the, is in the gut our immune systems become compromised. That's the last thing that we want right now. Um, I believe that it's because of this immune system um, you know, being compromised that we see all of these autoimmune issues that are creeping up. It's really, really important that we eliminate or reduce that carbohydrate content. We'll even sometimes have people go for a short period of time uh, during a weight loss phase down to as low as 20 grams in a day, uh, and then they'll eventually go back up to 50. 50 is typically a baseline for me. And so I've had people say, well, what do you eat then? So I thought I would take you through kind of a typical day uh, and and uh, kind of give you an idea of what I'm consuming. And it's really not that hard. Um, you know, I typically will fast for 16 hours. Sometimes I go 18. It just depends. So 16 to 18 hours, no calories. I will drink black coffee during that time. I'll have tea that has absolutely nothing in it except tea. Um, I will also, um, and that's pretty much it during that fasting time. And then uh, after that, when I break my fast, I will typically break my fast with a protein shake. 
Okay. I use a very low carb plant-based protein shake. It's got a complete amino acid profile. I love it. Uh, and it absolutely fuels my body. Um, it, it, uh, because it is low carb, uh, it is, is basically a, uh, practically one, one to two net carbs. Okay. When you take out the fiber or whatever, um, when you look at total carbs, you get the eliminate the fiber and and then you've got your net carbs. So it's maybe about uh you know one carb, right? So it's a free food. That's how I view it. That's a free food. Another free food, a handful of pecans. Why is that a free food? Because it doesn't have any carbs and I'm really looking at that carb content and trying to keep that low. So that could be what I start with. I might instead of the pecans, I could have a half of an avocado. I might stick that half of avocado in my shake. Why? Because I know that I need a little more fat. Okay, I need a little more fat content in there. And so that's one of the ways that I'll get that. Um, and then after that, um, I could end up having uh, a small salad um, that's usually like, you know, a spinach and kale type of salad. Um, you know, try to do a homemade dressing. Uh, you know, sometimes I just do, you know, olive oil and lemon on stuff. Uh, or I could do, um, you know, maybe a, um, a small piece of salmon uh, and some roasted cauliflower and roasted broccoli. Um, th that's actually one of my favorite meals. Um, you know, everybody in my family knows they can order for me. It's just get her a piece of salmon and uh, some broccoli and cauliflower and, you know, she's great. Uh, so that's it. I mean, you know, by that after I've been, you know, I start eating and I'm eating all these things, whatever, and I'm doing this in a six to eight hour window, okay, I don't really have to be mindful of, well, how much am I eating? Although, you know, I do, you know, if you're trying to lose weight, you know, then then you want to, you know, keep that in mind. I mean, I, um, you know, you're not going to just, you should always feel good. You know, when you're eating, you should be able to eat something and still go out and do a little run if you had to. All right. It's not that you want to at that point, but if you had to. What I love about eating this way is that um, you know you have great energy. You have great energy. You don't feel you know that that whole carbohydrate um, you know coma uh, that so many people have. I always say if if you are falling asleep at two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, it you can pinpoint that back to whatever you just ate. That is what is putting you in the carbohydrate coma. Um, you know, you probably spiked your blood sugar. Your body made a bunch of insulin, and then your blood sugar dropped lower. That whole process, and it's just very, very tiring. Uh, so, when you look at good, healthy, clean mental energy, you know, eating, you know, what what I had just recommended, and it could be chicken, it could be you know, grass fed beef, it could be some other form of meat. And if you don't eat meat, you can certainly stick with plant options in protein as well. Uh, but just basically keeping, being mindful of the carbohydrate content. Um, and, and it makes a huge difference. So to start, okay, if this is all new to you, let's say you're brand new, you're just learning this and you're like, okay, I want to start this intermittent fasting. I want to jump on board with this. You know, we do intermittent fasting because it, it helps to make our cells more sensitive to the insulin that our body is producing. Okay, it also helps us to burn fat longer. And that's what we want. We want to be fat burners. I want to break down the fat that's stored on my body and burn some of that off. A little bit of fat is fine. Okay, but we want to have a healthy BMI, uh, you know, that whole thing. So, so we want to be healthy. We want to be happy. We want to be able to move and just do things, right? So, so intermittent fasting, you know, kind of take your pick. If you're starting brand new, I always say, 
get 12 hours down. Everybody should be doing that anyway. So 12 hours at night, you're fasting while you're sleeping, your body is healing, it's restoring, it's repairing, it's doing so many wonderful things. Your immune system is, you know, really supercharged during that time as well. So start with 12. Once you have that down, push it to 14. Okay. When you have that down and you feel good about that as a regular, you know, routine, try 16. See how you do. Stick with that for a little while. Okay. Stay right there. And then event and then maybe once a week, try for an 18 and see how you do with that. It's it's not once you get that down, it's really not hard to do at all. Um, I think that when people are used to, you know, many of us, min- many people are used to eating all the way up until they go to bed. And then starting again as soon as they wake up. Well, if you're only sleeping six or seven hours at night, okay, you are getting a lot of excess calories in your system that you don't need, your body doesn't need. And a lot of us eat out of boredom, right? You know, you're bored, you're watching TV, whatever. And so it's happening then. And so eliminating those nighttime snacks, absolutely nothing after that cutoff, that dinner cutoff, whatever time dinner is for you. And certainly if you do eat at night, you have to stay awake for three more hours. Uh, As adults, we should not be eating and then going straight to bed um, because it will absolutely you know, have a negative impact on your digestion and, and your, and how well you're sleeping. So definitely stay awake for three hours, but try to get that 12 hours, then move it to 14, push it to 16, stay there for a little while. If you're doing great, push it to 18. And with that, you can absolutely enjoy the, the holiday season. And even if you overindulge a little here and there, you're going to make up for it. Okay. You're going to end up coming out neutral or even losing weight, especially if you eliminate all high fructose corn syrup from your diet. So high fructose corn syrup is a very, very toxic ingredient. You won't find it in other countries because it's banned, uh, but we do use it here in the U.S. and it basically causes non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. So it basically throws you into this sort of metabolic syndrome that's, that's really horrible for you. Uh, and and causes fat around the liver. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease starts out as fat around the liver. And eventually that fat that's around the liver and infiltrating the liver, it's actually through the liver, eventually will disrupt how the liver functions and will turn into cirrhosis. And one of the alarming things or, that we're seeing in medicine today is more and more people in their 50s who are needing a liver transplant because of the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And, you know, that's just absolutely devastating. So, so we want you, I want you to join me, okay? I want you to join me uh, on the intermittent fasting bandwagon. And I want you to feel great. I want you to have good, clean mental clarity and mental energy, uh, as well as, you know, less joint pain and uh, weight management too. So I hope that um, this has been helpful. I love sharing uh, the things that I'm learning uh, with all of you. And don't forget uh, to visit me uh, on the various sites and, uh, you know, send in questions and so forth. So thanks so much for joining me today. Have a fantastic uh, Christmas and New Year, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode. For more information, visit me at DeannaOsborne.com. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Dr. Deanna Osborne. 
I really want to hear from you, so message me. I love taking your messages and creating topics from them. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share my show with those who have an interest in health and wellness. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.